God brought you here so he could say this, I love you. And the reason why we started Stuttgart Harvest Church was because you, and we were expecting you to walk into this door, and here you are, because he died on the cross for you. All you simply have to do is say, Jesus, I am yours. In 2009, I looked around with the help of some friends, looked around Stuttgart, and what we saw, we saw thousands and thousands and thousands of people in their homes on Sunday morning. Some of those had given up on church because maybe they had some unanswered questions and they were uneasy about church or religion. Some had given up on church, or maybe more accurately, maybe church had given up on them. Maybe they had been hurt by a church or rejected or outcast because something about their life was different. Maybe some were just tired of being in an environment where they didn't feel like it was relevant to today. That what was ancient in history maybe was not being made relevant for today's life. But God broke my heart and God moved me to Stuttgart and because of you, we started this church, the perfect place for imperfect people. With a handful of folks, we began living out our seven core values, our values that say that God accepts you because he created you. It's not that he accepts what we do and the mistakes we make and the choices we make and the way we live, but he accepts you, his creation, and he loves you and he died for you. That's why we say one of our values at Stuttgart Harvest Church is also that we serve other people because this whole church thing is not about us. In fact, sometimes we delay serving because we feel like we have too much junk in our lives that we need to get cleared up or straightened up first. And so we say, no, I, I'm not in a position to serve. I'm not good enough. I need to get things cleaned up. But at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we say that we don't get better and then serve. We actually serve to get better. We began living out that value. We also began living out the value of community, understanding that we are not here living this life alone, just us and God, that he has placed us in a community of other believers, and that it's actually in living our lives together around each other, near each other, encouraging one another, that we do then actually grow deeper in our faith. And we do that together. We began living out that value. We began living out the value of worship, the value that says that worship is not just what we sing on Sunday morning, and it is not just listening to one of your pastors teach. That's not all there is to worship. In fact, there's so much more that worship contains so much more. It's every single decision you make, everything you say, everything that you do is either worship of yourself or worship to God, your creator. And we began living out that worship that says it's everything that we do. And we began living out another, a sixth, a sixth one, a fifth one really here that says we, we value multiplication. That it's as we, 
as we function as a church, we multiply. God multiplies things He's doing here. We multiply uh, our serving teams. We multiply our small groups. We also even multiply those who follow Christ by living in such a way that we invite people into a relationship with Him, that God is all about multiplication. And we even believe as a church that we multiply the church because even Stuttgart Harvest Church one day in our future will plant and start other churches. Why? Because we believe that's how God reaches those he loves through you and starting other churches. So we believe in multiplication. We value focus. That's another one of the values that we began living out, saying as a church, we're not going to do everything. There's so many good things we could do, but we can't do everything. But we can take a handful of things that we, specifically at Stuttgart Harvest Church, have been called to do, and we can do those few things as, as to the best of our ability every year, growing and learning more about doing the, these few things. So we focus on just a few things. And then lastly, we value change. We've, as adults, have spent most of our lives running from change, haven't we? And most churches that I've been a part of and maybe that you've been a part of in the past have run from change and latched on to something in the history and said, this is the way we're going to do it all the time. But at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we say we value doing things differently and we're going to continue to change and do things differently. Why? Because we understand if we don't change, we will stop reaching people. And we have to reach your children and your grandchildren and we have to reach their children. And we can only do that if we value change. And as we begin living out these seven core values, then... We began pointing people to Jesus, and we grew from a handful of people to hundreds and hundreds of people, and that happened because of you. And now we stand poised in 2015 to make a big difference, a huge life-changing difference in the lives of other people, and we stand to do that together. Because we know that some of the very same things that in our past have driven us away from church and have driven us away from God, now your very family members and your friends and some of your co-workers, they are struggling with some of those same things. We ask questions like, well, how does this whole church thing work? And why all the fuss about church? And can't I just worship God, just me and him in the deer woods or in the flooded timber? Can't I worship God in my own and on my own way, in my own way, in my own home? Why all the fuss about meeting as a church? And we're going to do our best to answer this question over the next few weeks. As we began to look at that this morning, we're going to look at the lives of a few men who had an enormous impact on a metropolitan, a large city, about 200,000 people. This guy named Paul and some of his buddies traveled about 100 miles from where they were at that time, and they went specifically to this one town, and there they spent, they lived with these, these people in this town for three months, and in three months they started this church. And then we find them now, years, some years later, they write a letter, this ancient document in the form of a letter, and they send it to this church to encourage them and talk to them. Now, this letter was written about 50 A.D., and which means Christ died around 30 A.D., and so uh, 
This is about 20 years after Jesus died and rose again from the dead. So all of these happening while just years after Jesus was here on earth. And Jesus sends, does an amazing thing by telling these men and all of these followers. Because while Jesus was here, he died on the cross. And then three days later, he rose again. But then he spent quite a few days with the believers and with about 500 different people face-to-face, having meals with them, talking with them, teaching, encouraging. And his basic challenge was this, over these days after he rose from the dead and met with all of these people, was this, you now go out and begin starting churches, groups of believers, communities of believers. And that's exactly what these men did, and they traveled to this large town, 200,000 people. This was not a Jewish town. This was a metropolitan area, and it was full of Greeks and Romans, all many different cultures, all mashed together in this one large city. And God did an amazing thing in three months as this church was launched. And so now we can learn some things. Even now today, in 2015, we can learn some things. Two thousand years later after this letter was written to these first believers we can learn something about our own church Stuttgart Harvest Church and that's what we're going to do as we open up God's word and we look at first Thessalonians this letter written by these guys first Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 1 says this letter is from Paul Silas and Timothy we often say that Paul wrote this letter but There was a triad of guys. All three of them had a part of this in writing this letter. Paul gets most of the credit because he was kind of the leader of these three. So all three, Paul says, we're all three writing this letter. We are writing to the church of Thessalonica to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, if you choose to follow Jesus, you belong to him. He has purchased your life, and you are admitting that to him, and you are now following him, a Christ follower, a follower of God. He said, may God give you grace and peace. Something that only God can give you is grace and peace. When your life is turned upside down and the storms of your life are raging all around you, only God can give you peace. Your friends can't give you peace. Your wife, your spouse, your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your no one, your co-workers, they cannot give you peace. Only God can give you peace. He says, may God give you grace and peace. Verse 2, we always thank God for you, for all of you. And he says, we pray for you constantly. So part of this whole spiritual thing that we experience with the church, one of these things is praying for each other. And Paul says, we pray for you constantly. Verse 3, as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work. In the United States, we, we have this situation that you really don't see at, in other parts of the world. Largely, it's just here. And it's this consumer version of Christianity. In fact, if you move into a new town, one of the first things we have a tendency, if you are a Christ follower, you have a tendency, we say, well, we need to go find a church. And one of the things we have a tendency to do is to go shopping for a church. But here's what we have a tendency to look for. We have a tendency to look for a church that can meet my needs, that they will do things the way I want them done, 
They will serve me. They'll meet my needs. And that is a consumer Christian. And those who aren't shopping for churches then have a tendency to just find a church and they begin sitting in the church and soaking up in the church and they don't give. They don't start serving. They don't start giving back. And that's a consumer saying, I'm going to move into this organization, this church, and I am going to consume what they have for me. That's a consumer. You really don't find this in other parts of the world. Largely, that's a United States type of Christianity, a consumer. You don't find this in the early church. You don't find a consumer Christian in this environment. Paul says, as we think about you, we think of your faithful work. We think of what you've been doing because you have been serving. You, and, and in this, today's generation, if that happens for you, you have overcome consumer Christianity because that is the norm here. Not the norm in Stuttgart Harvest, but it's the norm in the United States. And if you get to the point where you're serving, Paul is saying, listen, we thank God for what you do and how you serve. I told you at Stuttgart Harvest, we don't wait until we get better to serve. We serve to get better. We understand that in serving others, in taking our eyes off of our problems and our troubles and our trials and placing them on other people around us, that is part of the process of us getting better. In fact, we don't hit a crisis and withdraw from serving. A lot of places you go, when, when life gets turned upside down, they say, listen, I have to take a break. I just, I have to take a break from serving. But you know what? At Stuttgart Harvest Church, we teach our people to serve through. Why? Not because we are short on serving people. That's not why. Because we understand that as we serve through crisis, we get better. So we don't wait and get better and then serve. We serve to get better. We talk about serving not because we have so many positions that are so vital that have to be filled. That's not why we do it. We don't beg people to serve to fill a position. We beg you to serve because we understand it is a vital tool that God uses to change you and grow you and to take your eyes and my eyes off of ourselves and to place them on other people because we are not here to serve ourselves. We follow the example of Jesus who came here to love and serve those around him. We don't get better and then serve. We serve to get better. And because you, Stuttgart Harvest Church, many of you, most of you have chosen to do that. Because of you, God is changing lives. He goes on to say, not only your faithful work, but then he uses these three words, your loving deeds. As he prays for them, he thinks about their faithful work and he thinks about their loving deeds. And at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we have the way that we dispense love through our church. We do that by design through the small groups. If you have a crisis in your life and you are not connected to a small group, you're not connected to people inside of that group, then there's a big chance that you go through that crisis alone. 
Our church is too big. For us to have a small group that is this group here on Sunday morning at 11 and at 9.30, it's just too big. And that's why we say you need to be connected to the loving arm of the church, and that's through the small groups. Because it is there where you get encouraged. It's where the loving deeds take place. When someone in your home is sick, that's, if you're connected to a small group, then you're not alone. In your life, when somebody dies, if you're connected to a small group, you are not alone. You have somebody to walk with you through that painful experience. And if you're just attending on Sunday morning, there's a good chance that if crisis hits your home, you may find yourself alone. And that's why so often, we talk about this all the time, Every single semester, we encourage you to be part of a small group because it is there where you begin the process of learning how the church can care for and love each other because we don't want you alone. We want you connected. And he says, we think, as we pray for you, we think of your loving deeds. And that's exactly what we began to develop inside of the small groups. It's not a perfect system, but it's the beginning of this growing inside of Stuttgart Harvest Church. And because of you, as you sign up for a small group and you love the people in your group and they love you, because of you, God is changing lives. And then he closes this sentence by saying this. And he also thinks about this. Their faithful work. He thinks about their loving deeds. And then he says, and the enduring hope you have. Enduring, meaning a hope that doesn't go away. A hope that you don't wake up with one morning and the next morning it's gone. A hope that endures, that lasts, that stays because of our Lord Jesus Christ. A hope that sticks around. It's, it's a sticky hope. It stays. It's not the kind of hope that you hear promised on TV. So many TV preachers promise you that God wants you to be prosperous. I'm going to tell you, God is not promising you prosperity. I can promise you that. If He is promising you prosperity, then He is going to have to apologize to centuries of Christ followers. He has not promised us prosperity. He has promised you an enduring hope. And the reason why that word is enduring is so important because it lasts through crisis. When things go wrong, when your loved one gets sick, when somebody dies, when jobs are lost, there's an enduring hope, a hope that is not related to your wallet that's not related to your bank account that's not related to your health screening a hope that endures all crisis that's another reason why we keep serving even when life gets upside down we get better through serving that's another reason why we encourage you to sign up for a small group when life gets down and crisis occurs you have somebody with you on that journey God uses these tools to help be part of this process of giving you an enduring hope. And then in verse 4 he says, Now dear brothers and sisters, that God, that, 
that God loves you and he has now, listen to this wording, he has chosen you to be his own people. We don't choose him really as much as he chooses us. And we know this from scripture that God chooses everyone because he doesn't want anyone to perish. He died on the cross not for a few chosen, but for all of those he's created and chosen and said, I choose you. I died for you. And now the greatest lie of the evil one is the lie that says this. Is that, well, yeah, God chose you, but you can choose him later. Your life is busy right now. Your life is complicated right now. You don't have to choose him now. You can do that. Yes, God has chosen you, the evil one will say, but you can choose him later. But the sad truth is this. We can only choose God when we hear him calling. But here's the good news for you. The very fact that you're sitting in this movie theater with us and this group of people that we call Stuttgart Harvest Church, the very fact that you're sitting in here with us this morning means this. You are not too late. And this morning you can choose and you can say, God, I choose you. You died on the cross for me. You paid that price for me. Three days later, you rose again from the dead. And because of that, I now can choose you. In fact, this morning, I believe that he called you here. And the reason why you're sitting here is not an accident. It's a divine appointment orchestrated by God himself. He goes on to say in verse 5, For when we brought you the good news, so this is when they came here and started the church, It was not only with words, but also with power, for the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way that we lived when we were with you. In verse 6, so you received the message with joy. Now listen to this. You received this message with joy. As we started this church, Paul is saying, and the three guys here. As we started this church, you received, you you became part, you, you began following Jesus. With joy. It says, You received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. He didn't say, You began following Jesus and all and, and you became healthy and all your illnesses were gone. He didn't say you began following Jesus and now you're you got a promotion at work and you, all your bills were paid. He didn't say you began following Jesus and you got the things that you were wanting and that everything worked out. He did not say that. He said you began following Jesus and you began suffering more. You had more crisis, more severe suffering. It brought you. And this is true for us as well. Stuttgart Harvest Church is not inviting you into prosperity. We don't have the authority from Scripture to do that. We are inviting you into a relationship with Jesus who will see you through crisis and trouble and hurt and pain. In fact, I can tell you from my own life, Following Jesus has not made my life easier. I still have crisis. In fact, I've had more crisis in the past 10 years 
than I have had in all my other years combined. I've had more crisis and more trouble and more pain. But listen, because I'm following Jesus and I've planted my life alongside of you in this church, then God has developed in me an enduring hope that has not gone away. And it's in that crisis and that hurt and that pain that those people around you are watching and seeing and observing and just seeing is God making a difference in you. Because they're hurting just the same. They're going through crisis just the same. But they don't have an enduring hope. They're hoping to see it in you. And so here's what Paul says and the three guys. They say this, in this way, as you go through this pain, this crisis, this hurt, this suffering, with this enduring hope, he says this, in this way, you imitated both us. In other words, Paul and the guys are saying, listen, we've had hard times too, and we've had crisis too, and we're living through it right now. You are imitating us because now you are in crisis. And he says, but more importantly, you're imitating the Lord. You are imitating Jesus. It is as if Jesus said, and he actually did, I have suffered persecution for you. I have suffered persecution because of you. For you, I suffered. And I hurt on this world and in this earth and in this land. And you're going to hurt too. And you will be in crisis too. But don't give up. Do not give up. Go through. And Paul's saying, we did it. Jesus did it. And you can do it. But listen to what happens. Because there is purpose behind the pain. Listen to this in verse 7. As a result, because of... Now, you have become an example to all believers in Greece. Everywhere, he said, throughout this region, you are now an example. Because they have been watching you live your life. And they have been watching you handle and deal with and walk through pain and crisis and hurt. And yes, you haven't done it perfectly. But shining through, you come to your senses and you realize in the crisis, I still have an enduring hope in Jesus Christ. Not in my wife, not in my family, not in my money, not in my job, not in the things I have, not in my health. My enduring hope is in Jesus alone. And as a result, the people watching you in your life, the people in your family, the people that live on your street, and the people in your neighborhood, the, the, the people who are at work, where you work, you don't even have to know them. Listen, we live in a small town. Stuttgart is a small town. There were 200,000 people in this town, and this applied. And we live in a town of 10,000, and it applies. And you may say this, but I live outside the city limits. So you may live in even a smaller community outside of Stuttgart. So this applies to you. You may not even know them, but they are watching your life. 
And they want to see an enduring hope. So, we invite them. We come to our senses in crisis and we realize, but wait a minute, I, I have an enduring hope and it's in Jesus. It's not in my health. It's not in the news that the doctor brings me. It's not in, in the, the health of my family. It's not in my job. My enduring hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. And then we begin, our perspective changes and we begin to live differently as we go through crisis and as our small group walks beside us, we begin to make it out. And the people around us are watching us. And guess what we get to do? We have the privilege of inviting them to join us, to sit beside us at Stuttgart Harvest Church so they too can meet the Jesus that gives an enduring hope when life gets tough. Our bottom line this morning simply says this. Every step you take with Jesus changes you and it shows somebody else the way. Every step that you take with Jesus changes your life, but then it shows somebody else the way. Verse 8 says this, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere because of the way you're living because in crisis yes we may lose it for a little while but we come to our senses and realize that God is our enduring hope not our health and not our money and as we begin living differently and living differently with God through this crisis then word begins to spread word begins to ring out you may not even know them but they're watching you and word on the street grows. It says it grows beyond this region. And it says this, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. He said everywhere we go. In fact, I want to suggest to you this. It is very possible that no matter where you go in this area, if you tell them I'm part of Stuttgart Harvest Church, they will probably say, you know what, I've heard of that. And I hear some good things. Why? because of you it's because you are learning to experience an enduring hope even when you go through crisis news travels fast verse 9 for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you listen to this how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God and you know what happened for them is happening to us too. Because we are stepping into Stuttgart Harvest Church having spent our lives serving and worshiping relationships. Serving and worshiping people. We can even serve and worship our own children. We come into Stuttgart Harvest Church having worshipped so many different things and given our lives in worship to so many different things. To our money and our homes and our cars and our jobs. To so many different things that we have worshipped. And then we began to experience Jesus. The only one worthy 
of worship. And we began worshiping Him. And He begins to turn our hearts from ourselves and those things around us that we have been worshiping. And He begins to slowly turn our hearts towards Him. And we begin to develop this enduring hope. And why can a bunch of idol worshipers... Us in Stuttgart Harvest Church who used to worship everything around us. Why can we then begin to worship Jesus? Because we understand at Stuttgart Harvest Church that He accepts you because He created you. And you are so worth, uh, you're worth everything to God. You're worth His life. You're worth His suffering you're worth his death. And at Stuttgart Harvest Church, that is why we do not throw rocks at people around us who are hurting. We do not throw rocks at people who are addicted. We do not throw rocks at people who are struggling in life and hurting in life. We don't throw rocks. We throw lifelines. Because we value acceptance. It is just part of who we are at Stuttgart Harvest Church. And as we throw lifelines to our friends and our family and our co-workers. And we invite them to sit beside us at Stuttgart Harvest. And, and meet the Jesus who is in the process of changing us. And the Jesus that will begin changing them. Then we know. We know that every time we choose to take a step with Jesus, that he changes us and it lights the path. It shows someone else the way. Verse 10, it says, and they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's son from heaven. They were living in such a way that they realized God might come back today. We're promised in scripture. Jesus came the first time to die for us. And he did. And he's coming the second time for us. And he will. And they were living in such a way that they realized this could happen today. And now 2,000 years later, because he did not come last century, and because he did not come last week or last night, we have the feeling he's not going to come tomorrow either or today. And then we have the tendency, because he didn't come last week or last night, we have the tendency to live our lives on our own agenda. Doing our own thing, making our own decisions. And when we do that, we begin to leave that enduring hope. And then suddenly we're living life just like everyone else from crisis to crisis without any hope. But these people... We're living life, understanding that Jesus might come back today. And that's what we're also learning to do at Stuttgart Harvest Church, is learning to live in light of the fact that Jesus is coming back. And he could come back today. And if he comes back today, I better have had some conversations with him. If he's coming back today, I better have had some time in his word and have had some conversations called prayer with Jesus today. 
we're learning how to live our lives in anticipation that one day he is coming back for us. And it gives us an enduring hope. He says, and they speak of how you're looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us. He came the first time to rescue us from sin. And he's coming the last time to rescue us from this life. And to take us to be with him forever. And he says from the coming terrors, this judgment coming, Jesus is coming for you. If you belong to him. And it reminds us, we're learning at Stuttgart Harvest to live our lives understanding that I need to talk to Jesus every day. I need to take a step with him every single day. A life that says, this is not about me, so I need to serve other people around me. A life that says that I am not here just for me to worship God in my own way, in my own time. But he has placed me here to live among these believers. In fact, in this time, you will not find in the early church anywhere where God says it's just you and him. And go live your life and worship him from home. You won't find it. It was synonymous. It was the same. It meant if you were following Jesus, you were following Jesus together with your church. They were not separate. And at Stuttgart Harvest Church, we are beginning to realize that, that we have to follow Jesus in this community of Christ followers. Loving each other, serving each other, encouraging each other as we go through life together. And that is where we begin to experience a deeper life change as we follow Jesus together daily. He changes us little by little. And those around us begin to take notice. And then we invite them to sit beside us where they too can meet the same Jesus to change their lives as well. Because we understand that every step we take with Jesus changes us, but it also shows someone else the way. And now two chapters later, we get this one single verse that I want to point out in, in 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 9. The writers say this. How we thank God for you. And here's where we get the name of our series. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter into God's presence. And I tell you, as one of your pastors, because of you, Stuttgart Harvest Church is what it is. We have an enduring hope only because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. And three days later he rose again. But now as he moves into your life because of you, guess what? You are his plan to reach the world because of you. Every step that you take with Jesus changes your life and it shows someone else the way. And on the back of your connection card this morning, we're going to encourage three, uh, four steps. And you can take every single one of these if you wanted. If you'll pull your connection card out and just look at the letters on the back, the A, B, C, D, 
Here's what, here's what they mean if you choose to take a step with us today. I'm going to ask the band to make their way to the front as we cover these things. The letter A says this, I am a Christ follower, but I have not been following very well lately. No one right now can look at my life and be drawn toward Jesus. And so I'm going to start some new habits, some new behaviors this month. If that's you, circle that letter. And we want to encourage you in that. We've got a resource for you to help you begin to develop some of these habits. It's called the Power Pack online. I put it online. It's for free. You can get everything on there to learn to develop these, some of these habits. If you're not online, we have a, uh, a, one of the next step sheets out there that says daily habits. Pick that up and that'll get you started. Daily habits. Or you can get it free online. If you can't find it online, that phone number we put up earlier is my phone number. Text me and I'll, I'll send you a link to it, to the Power Pack online. I hope you'll take that step with us to begin developing these habits to allow God to change you so the world around you can be pointed towards Jesus. But maybe you say this, the letter B, it says, I'm ready to serve. I know this church is not here for me, for me to come in and consume. And so many people don't grow in church because they come in and they get filled up. But if they never wring their lives out, empty their lives through serving, then God has nothing else to add, nothing else to put in. You need to wring yourself out through serving. So maybe you're ready to sign up for a, uh, a serving team. Just circle the letter C, uh, the letter B. I'm sorry, the letter B for serving. And uh, Cole will contact you and, and begin the process of helping you understand how you can serve alongside of us. The letter C says, I'm going to join a small group this semester. We're going to begin sign up next week. So the letter C is not signing you up. It's just saying, when I have the chance to sign up this semester, I'm going to sign up. That's the letter C. The letter D says this. I'm with you, Harley. I, I, I'm growing to love Stuttgart Harvest Church, and I want to be more than just an attender. I want to be more than just in a small group and more than just serving. I want to be a vital part of this church, and that's what we call a covenant partner. You don't hear us talk about a covenant partner maybe once a year, maybe. This is our once a year. If you want to be a part of us as, as a vital part, covenant partner, you can start that journey. At Guest Connections, you can get that and you can you can get a packet of information that will get you started on that and it's not a member we don't have members we only have covenant partners people who say i will covenant with you over these seven values that you hold as a church i will covenant with you over each value and do my part to add to the church i hope you'll take a step with us today because every step you take with jesus changes you and it shows someone else the way your life can be different. Just taking a step every single day with Jesus and your life can point someone else. Can you imagine that in just a matter of months, your life can begin this process of being different and you pointing other people to Jesus? And if you do this, you will have people with you in eternity because of you. Can you imagine being in eternity and being alone? Being in eternity and not having brought people with you. But if you're part of Stuttgart Harvest Church for very long, you're going to bring people with you. Because you get it. Every step you take with Jesus changes you and it shows someone else the way. Who's it going to be? Who's going to be there beside you? Let's pray. God, this church 
and Thessalonica, they looked forward to seeing you return from heaven. Jesus, whom God, you, raised from the dead. And it is he, you, the one who has rescued us. Thank you. Thank you that every step we take with you changes our life and it shows someone else the way. Thank you, Jesus, that we don't have to walk through this painful life alone. We can have an enduring hope that only you can develop. And part of that development happens what you do through the church. And we're so thankful and grateful. And now, God, we turn our hearts and our voices to you. To worship you in song. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.